0: Welcome back to the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR. And my goodness, does it feel good to finally be back in here talking about racing, talking about gambling, It's been a while, obviously the world's been flipped on its head, we all know this, and I'm just thrilled that NASCAR is one of the first sports in America to finally get back underway, giving us an opportunity to talk about real racing and who we like in the coming races coming up, so it feels great. It's been a while, finally have some odds to look at, it was like Christmas Day when they finally got released, so let's talk about what is ahead on this episode So first, we're going to talk about the schedule, because NASCAR has modified its schedule. And then uh, we'll check in with some who's in and who's out, because things have changed since the last time we had a podcast released, the new faces. Um, So definitely some storylines to talk about there. Then we'll take a quick look at the standings, just to kind of remind everyone where we sit. And then we will talk about Darlington. That's where we're going on Sunday. And that's what this episode is going to be about. We've got two races. Obviously, like I said, we'll talk about the schedule, but two races coming up in a short amount of time with Darlington. So this podcast is strictly about who we like at that racetrack for both races combined. So we'll get to the Moneyline picks, some head-to-head action, maybe some top tens. I think we'll even get a a check-in from Cousin Greg. Who knows? And uh, then I believe we're going to debut a A new segment called The Bullseye Bet, and we'll get to that at the very end. So a lot to cover, huge episode, supersized episode, and uh, really just anxious and, and happy to be back doing what we love. So we'll talk about the schedule here. NASCAR obviously updated their schedule because of the coronavirus, and it's really tricky. you got to give NASCAR a little bit of credit. I know a lot of fans sometimes hate on NASCAR just for the sake of hating on them because the governing body is kind of uh, annoying sometimes in their rule changes and whatnot. But in this case, they really are working hard with the different states and the the governors of each state where the tracks are at. So they found a way to bring NASCAR back sooner than later. And South Carolina was a place that was close enough to kind of the central hub of where most of the teams are located and uh, close enough where they could drive. They wouldn't have to fly. So Darlington is going to be the the site of the first race back. And not only are they doing one race on Sunday, but they're actually going to have a night race during the week week night racing a lot of people have been kind of talking about that since eldora became a big hit five years ago or so and uh, we're finally going to get some of that see what that looks like from the cup side and then following that we'll have the coke 600 it's one of my favorite races of the year falls right around my birthday every year and i love it it's the longest race of the year and right after that once again wednesday night the following, so May 27th, it'll be another night race at Charlotte. So back-to-back races at Darlington, back-to-back races at Charlotte. And that's really all we know so far. So we've got two episodes coming in the next two weeks of Full Tank with Phil. We're going to be getting into Darlington on this one, and then we'll look at Charlotte next week. But There's a lot of other races mixed in between. I mean, we're going to get some Xfinity racing. We're also going to see some trucks. So if you're a fan of all three series, uh, it's going to be, you know, a hell of a time. Uh, A ton of races in a two-week period. So very happy to see them coming back full force. And uh, Darlington, I mean, they're saying the Southern 500 will not be affected down the road later this year. So I guess we're going to have three races at Darlington this year. Obviously, weird year all around for all sports, but NASCAR, no exception, just so cool to have the focus because NASCAR is really gonna have the spotlight on them this weekend with no other sports. I mean, I I know they were trying to hold out and be one of the last sports to cancel races and and the season, like uh, the beginning part of this pandemic, but now they're, you know, really uh, flipping it on its head and being the first sport back. So, Sees uh, an opportunity and they're seizing it here. So good on them. Now, let's talk about the things that have changed. So obviously the schedule, big change there. Um, and we are focusing on just Darlington on this episode. But when we're talking about who we're betting on, the names and the faces have changed a little bit. So we'll start with a, a positive story. Ryan Newman is back and the coronavirus stuff has really kind of played to his benefit because he's missed a lot less than he would have if the regular season was uh, continuing. So I think he's really going to total miss uh, two or three races off the top of my head. I can't remember, but uh, nonetheless, Newman is back in the six car. So prepare yourself for just a million vignettes from Fox uh, when they come back on Sunday. I mean, they're going to have so many sob stories all day on the pre-race stuff and during the race. Um, We love to see Newman back for sure. But, you know, the fact that Fox hasn't had anything to talk about or show uh, in so long, they're going to be coming real hard now with the, the sappy stuff with the Newman story. But it's great. I mean, Newman's back, and he's a a familiar face. We can cling to his stats. Ross Chastain did a good job filling in, but as a gambler, you really didn't know much about Ross and how he was going to handle some of the racetracks. I'm a guy who likes to dive into the stats. I like the numbers, and Ross didn't have those, the history. You know, that's why it's tough for rookies and things like that. So, um, happy to see Newman back in the race car after that crash. Uh, I, I think that means a lot for the sport to see him back in there, and then for a, a gambler it's a good thing and we may talk about newman in a little bit so uh, then we have to talk about a, a negative story and that's the fact that kyle larson is out of the 42 car who would have predicted this uh two months back i mean kyle was going to be one of the premier free agents on the market after this season obviously chip ganassi was going to try to resign him uh, as best they could, but he was probably going to hit the market, and teams were just going to be throwing bags of money at him. Well, uh, whoever thought video games could get a man's career completely down the drain? And that's what happened to Kyle Larson as he dropped derogatory language on an iRacing broadcast. Turns out he's just kind of a pure scumbag. I mean, he, he you know, they they nixed him pretty quick just for the. The ease of the way he was dropping that language, and you hate to see that. I mean, he's just uh, kind of showing some true colors. It seems like most people are saying, so just completely flips the the free agency on its head. And Chip Ganassi Racing had to be like, what the hell? You know what I mean? Like that's that's a guy who I've talked about him many times, putting money on him every week. I'm looking at his stats and thinking that he might be, you know. Jumping out, possibly could snag a win. He's a guy, when you look at NASCAR as a whole, sort of projecting to be like the next breed of superstars. He's still relatively younger, and I think NASCAR was really banking a lot on him. So he's out, completely out. Doesn't look like he's coming back anytime soon. So then the 42 needed to find a replacement. And it was a lot of question marks. Who are they going to go with? Young guy? No. The answer to that question is no. They're going with Matt Kenseth. He's back out of retirement for a second time, and he will be riding in the 42 car. Very strong machine for a really strong race car driver. So very interesting the way that's playing out. And, you know, Matt clearly has some more desire to take that green flag and see what what can happen. I don't know what went down in the talks. I don't think a lot of people do, but it doesn't seem like it took very much for him to come out of retirement to take on that 42 car because of what a strong team it is who wouldn't want that ride. So I think they are putting themselves in a decent position to succeed for the rest of this year. NASCAR gave both Newman and Kenseth uh, provisions that they'd be able to go into the playoffs. So if they catch a win, they're in the playoffs, both of them. Um, So very interesting thing that's playing out there with the new faces Uh, So when you're looking at the the sheet of the odds, you might see some uh, surprising names, and that's why. So we'll be talking about both of those drivers later, I can guarantee it. Vegas, baby, Vegas! Okay, so now let's get to Darlington. We've got two races coming up here. So these thoughts that we're going to lay out here about who we like and just the racetrack in general, they're about both races. So both Sunday and Wednesday, I'm going to be throwing these picks really on both. I'm obviously going to see what happens on Sunday. And if you see a guy that's, you know, pretty solid wreck out early, I might hammer that guy on uh, Wednesday night because he's going to want some revenge. But um, in any case, let's talk about Darlington, the track stats here. We always like to learn about the racetrack before we talk about the odds. And then we'll get in some some notes that I think are worth talking about. So 116 races at this racetrack, huge sample size. And we talk about winners that were starting on the pole 20 times in the history of this race that the winner has come from the pole. But the last time it happened with, was Kevin Harvick, 2014. And before that, it was 23 years before. So things have started to change a little bit. We'll talk more about that after these stats. Because the top five, uh, a winner starting in the top five, it's happened 70 times. 60% of the time, the winner has started in the top five. And then when we expand that to top 10, 98 times the winner has started in the top 10. 83% at this racetrack. When you talk about winners starting from outside the top 20, it's only happened six times. So 5% of the time here. Now those numbers sound pretty daunting and that might scare you off. I mean, I'm definitely going to wait until qualifying to throw the majority of my bets in because I, you know, it's been such a long layoff. We want to see how, see who has what, but I'm not going to be scared off by these numbers because these stats are kind of skewed. Because if you look at the last 20 years, it's a lot different. All right, we talk about the the winner starting on the poll, a lot of those came in the 60s and 70s and, and the 80s. Um, so more recently, the winners have been starting in and around the the 5 to 15 spot. All right, so right right around 10th is the sweet spot. So I'm not going to be scared off. I'm not Betting on the the pole sitter by default, that's for sure. I mean, we saw that, you know, 2014 was the last time it happened with Harvick, but uh, it's just a little feather in the cap if you did bet on a guy and he does start on the pole. Um, That being said, I would be a little nervous betting on someone starting outside of the top 20 at this racetrack. So uh, clearly that trend hasn't really changed in recent history. So that's the only thing that I'm really worried about but you know, right up to about 15th is where I'd be still comfortable uh, betting on someone starting. So that's what the, the track stats tell us now. When we look at the history here, you say, oh well, you know this is usually the Labor Day race. Well not really because this race was actually held in May from 2005 to 2013 and that's when they shifted it to be really later in the year, August and September. So it's a classic racetrack. I mean, there's a lot of stats you could pull if you're just worried about how the car's running in May, um, what you're seeing there. You could definitely go back and look through that. Now, the thing is, I'm really going to side on the, the history uh, when we're looking at the guys to bet on this week, because it, it just seems like the guys who are good here stay good here. It's tough for someone to really jump up and be like, hey, I'm, I'm a new guy and I'm I'm going to take over. Or I've been running here for a while, for years and years and years, and all of a sudden I'm just going to go snatch a win. Um, That seems unlikely to me based on the stats that I'm looking at here. Um, Now, the Gibbs camp, I mean, if you want to just talk about a team by themselves, uh, Gibbs and Toyota are dominant here lately. Five of the last seven races here, the winner has come from somebody on that team and all four of their drivers have wins here so if you want to just talk about a quick money line bet it's a prop bet but we're talking about manufacturer here plus 150 for a toyota driver to win not too shabby i mean ford is also going off at plus 150 and chevy's plus 250 so i think i would take that uh, just based on the fact they've dominated here lately now i'm talking about how i like You know, the guys who have been good here, that's really who I'm going to side with. But Shockers can jump out from time to time, and I'm only going to throw this out there just because Regan Smith won back in 2011 driving the 78 car, Um, and that that was a bit of a shock. You know, that that was not something that uh, a lot of people saw coming, I don't think. So it can happen, but I don't think it's going to happen this time around. Um, All momentum is lost. This is essentially like a restart of the season. So it kind of feels like the the lead up to the Daytona Five Hundred. So anybody that had anything going, we talked about you know standings. You have Kevin Harvick and Logano up at the top, and then you got you know Elliott and and Blaney and other guys like that. There are some guys in the top ten, top sixteen playoff hunt that really probably shouldn't be there, um, or you wouldn't have predicted them being there. I I think this is a, a, a total crapshoot, really as far as momentum. You can't say you know hey Logano and and Harvick, they, they're in uh, the lead with the standing. So they're definitely going to be rolling. That's not necessarily true. Now, a lot of these guys have been doing the iRacing stuff. It's been a distraction for some of us. And um, you could even at one point bet on the odds of the, the guys driving the iRacing cars. Fox did a great job trying to promote it and, and give people an outlet to try to escape for, a, you know, a afternoon on Sundays um, with the pro-invitational uh, tour, uh, whatever they were calling it. And it was fun. Some of these guys were doing it. Now, I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, if the guys that were hot in that stay hot. I mean, William Byron was kick-ass on that thing. He hasn't really done too much this season, in my opinion. Uh, but maybe, you know, just getting some momentum off of that, will it translate into the real world? Who knows? But that was uh, definitely something interesting to kind of keep us occupied as we were waiting for real racing to come back. So we'll see, just something to think on. I mean, if you're going to place a bet on somebody, it might be worth looking up, see how they did on iRacing before you do, Um, just if you want to put a lot of stock in that. So let's get to some money line picks. I've got four guys here that stood out to me as I'm pouring over the data. I'm looking at it and, and four guys jump out based on the odds right now. All right. So obviously the odds are going to change by the time the green flag flies, which is fine. But right now, the guy that I like most is going off at plus 700. Great odds. Uh, And that's Denny Hamlin. So let's talk about Denny here for a second. Two wins, six top fives and eight top tens in his last 10 races here. That's really good. And when we're looking at driver rating at Darlington for your career, he's first. So how is he not going off as the head and shoulders favorite? Uh, By the way, the favorites are going off at plus 550. So plus 700, you know, a little bit further back. Um, Talking about average finish, he's got the second best average finish all time and fourth best average finish in the last 10 races. I mean, Denny is the guy, in my opinion, that you know, we talk about how this is almost like a restart of the season. Well, if you look at the start of the season, the last two races, Denny won the 500, Daytona 500. So I'm considering it kind of like that. He clearly knows how to prepare from a dead stop in your, your season. You know what I mean? The, the no momentum. I know how to will myself forward. Talk about iRacing for a split second. He actually won the last race on racing in that pro invitational tour. So Denny, has a lot of things going for him. He's been here 14 times in his career, and he's got 11 top 10s and 13 lead lap finishes. So he's someone who knows how to get around this racetrack. And he's got four of the last five races top 10s, and that includes a win. So just so many good things about Denny stand out to me here at Darlington, plus the fact that his season, you know, is going well. So if there is any momentum to cling to, he's got it. So, really good odds at plus 700. I have to imagine that they're going to go uh, lower than that. So, I would snag him while you can get him. He's somebody that I'm going to bet on now, early in the week, because I don't think um, they're going to go towards your favor as the gambler. It's going to go more towards, um, he's going to become more of the favorite. So, Denny Hammond, 700. I like it. Lock it in. Next guy that jumps out to me is another past winner, and that's Brad Keselowski. He's going off at plus 1,000, so 10 to 1 here. His stats in the last 10 races, one win, four top fives, 10 top tens. He's sixth in driver rating for his career, but when you're looking at the average finish, he's third all-time and fifth in the last 10 races here. He also has four of his last five races, finishing in the top 10 with a win. So just like Denny Hamlin. So if we're liking Denny's stats, you have to like uh, Brad's stats because they're very similar. And for his career, he's been here 11 times and he's finished on the lead lap nine times. So both of these guys that we're calling out here, we like, I mean, I like someone who can keep the car on the lead lap, especially at a racetrack that is kind of tricky to get around. I mean, there's a reason why they call it Too Tough to Tame, the the, the Darlington Stripe. This is, you know, a, a track that's tough to finish on the lead lap, and these guys are doing it consistently. So the other reason why I like Brad, in addition to his stats and the solid odds, because 10 to 1 plus 1,000 is damn good for Kislowski in any racetrack, but Brad just strikes me as a guy who always has this finger on the pulse of the sport in NASCAR. So even if you know they have this long layoff i feel like he has just been involved in any way possible where some guys might view this as a vacation maybe some of the younger guys see this as an opportunity to kind of just kick back and relax brad is somebody that just will always be there he, he you know whether you can go to the shop or not i feel like he's someone that will somehow circumvent the the guidelines or the rules and um he's always wheeling and dealing so brad Lock them in at plus one thousand because that's another one that I think are going to go a little bit lower than that on race day. I have a third guy here, and while I was talking about you know guys who have a lot of experience and you know that sort of thing is my go-to this episode, I'm going to go with Eric Jones. Super small sample size, okay? Three races here, but hear me out. He's part of the Gibbs camp, like I said. They're good here. Toyota's good here. And in three races, Eric Jones has one win, two top fives, and three top tens. So he's batting a 1,000 for finishing in the top 10 at this racetrack. It is statistically his best racetrack. He's first in average finish here. Now, that small sample size helps with that. You know, I mean, you can look at those stats with whatever lens that you want, but I'm going to look at them at a, as a positive thing okay? His average finish in three races is 4.7. That's really good for for anybody at any track. So three races, I I really like it. And he's going off at plus 1,400. I mean, he's last year's winner, guys. Like, how are you not giving him a little bit more respect than that? Plus, when you look at his career stats here in three races, it, it jumps out to you. I mean, he knows what he's doing here. So, Will this weekend or, you know, I'd have to imagine one of these two races, Eric Jones is going to be in the mix to win a race. That That is the way I'm playing it. So I'll be throwing money on him to win. And I'm going to hope that it's the first one because if he races well in the first one, his odds are going to change dramatically for the second race. So uh, if you want a, another sneaky bet, he's minus 143 right now to finish in the top 10. I think that's a solid bet just because he hasn't ever finished outside of the top 10. So keep your eye on that one, too. We'll get to some top 10 picks later, but uh, I guess he's my first one. So Eric Jones. Now, the guys that we're calling out here, Denny Hamlin, Kozlowski, and Jones, those three guys have won the last three races here, um, coincidentally. So they just have good stats and good odds for the gambler. That's what I'm talking about right now. The last money line pick I have for Darlington is one of the favorites. So I typically don't like betting favorites, but the odds right now are plus 550 for the favorites. So it's not terrible. It's actually pretty good for, you know, the person throwing the money down. So it's Kevin Harvick. There's two guys going off at plus 550, Kyle Bush, Kevin Harvick. I like Kevin Harvick in this case because his numbers just jump out to me. Uh, he's got the fourth best driver rate here all time. In the last 10 races, he's got one win, six top fives and eight top tens. That's damn good. Pretty similar to some of these other guys that we're talking about. It's actually identical to Demi Hamlin other than uh, the wins. Hamlin has two of them. So seven top tens in a row for Kevin Harvick. I mean, that's that's just unbelievable. So really anxious to see if he can keep that going through both of these races on Sunday and Wednesday, uh, so this is a guy who will be there. And when we're talking about those seven top ten finishes, six of them were top fives. So he's there. That four car will be there, whether he's you know got a shot to win or maybe the field stretched out a little bit. Doesn't matter. He's going to have the car in position for things to fall his way. If the dominoes fall his way, he's going to. Uh, snag of victory. So at plus 550, that's pretty good when you're talking about one of the best here. He's got the ninth best average finish of all time. But when you're, I'm sorry, in all time stats, but when you're just focusing on the last 10 races here, he jumps from ninth to third. And that's someone who's telling me he's good now. He's good right now at this racetrack. You know, he's raced here 20 let's see, 23 starts at Darlington for Kevin Harvick. So that's a long time. He's he's been around this track a lot. And that is telling me he's racing his best now in the current time. So somebody that just makes sense to throw cash on plus 550. And we talked about just trying to keep the car clean, trying to make sure you finish the race. He's got one DNF in 23 starts. So that is what really stood out to me uh, about Harvick compared to these other guys. So, very interested in him. I'll probably hold off just to see kind of how qualifying goes with him. Maybe you could get him at a at a better number, but plus 550 is still really good for the favorite. So, just to recap my money line picks to win the race, Denny Hamlin plus 700, Brad Keselowski plus 1000, Eric Jones plus 1400, Kevin Harvick, plus 550. Obviously, those odds will be changing. That's just what they are right now for me, and hopefully you can get them at good value also. All right, all right, all right. Now, I did mention I had a couple top 10 picks to throw your way. These are picks that I'm kind of flirting with. You know, I really just want to say them out loud and see if I really like them, but uh, it's just been so long since we've been able to record an episode. I just want to throw everything out there and see what sticks. So, A couple picks to finish in the top 10. The first one, first guy that I had here is Austin Dillon. He's going off at plus 250 to finish in the top 10. Now, good odds. I mean, plus 250, not bad. Keeps the race interesting, too. You know, you don't have to win the race, Austin. Just finish in the top 10, god damn it. But if you're looking at average finish, he's seventh both in all time and last 10 races uh, because he's only been here six times. Now in six races, he's got two top 10 finishes, including a fourth in 2017 and he finished 10th last year. So two of the last three races he finished in the top 10. I like it. I mean, not a lot of stats to to work off of with Austin. I mean, his races that he didn't finish in the top 10 uh, weren't great. So, you know, worth it, I think. I mean, plus 250, you're not really going to find someone to have uh, those good of odds to finish in the top 10. So I feel like I'm trying to will Austin Dillon back into, you know, relevancy uh, just because of how hard he's falling off. But hopefully maybe this break can, can set the, the path forward here for him and he'll bounce back. So hoping for a top 10 out of Austin plus 250 right now, we'll keep an eye on those odds as the weekend goes on. And then the other guy that I wanted to call out was Chris Buescher. Strange, but not really, if you look at the stats. First of all, he's in the top 10 in the standings right now for NASCAR for this season. So, off to a decent start, plus 200 for the odds to finish in the top 10. His average finish is 9th out of uh, the races here in the last 10 races. So, his average finish is 14.8. And he has, now hear me out here, but he has not finished in the top 10 at Darlington but his average finish is good compared to these other guys. So his finishes in five races at Darlington, he's got a, a set, sorry, four races, excuse me. So even less of a sample size, 17th, 17th, 13th, and 12th. 12th was last year. So he's getting better. And I think he's going to be in the, the spot to make the jump, clear the hurdle of a top 10. He's going to snag one. He's in better equipment you know, taking over the, the 17 car. So, uh, better equipment, I think he's going to be able to do it. So, plus 200, decent odds. Again, going to keep my eye on him. maybe after qualifying, um, see how, you know, they come off the truck. But I think it's worth it, I mean, to, to keep the race interesting for yourself. So, Austin Dillon and Chris Busher finishing in the top 10. I'm, I'm liking them both. And now we'll move on to the next portion of the podcast, which is most people's favorite. It's the head-to-head section. This is where we take a look at different matchups, driver versus driver, and try to choose who we like in that matchup. But first, this section is sponsored by c and Tees, custom clothing for any event. A lot of people talking about trying to support some small businesses out there. Well, here's one for you, an upstart out there. Check these guys out on Instagram at CND underscore T's. They got some good shirts out there. Again, the letters CND underscore T's. Get yourself a shirt. All right, so to start the head to head section, I think uh, we got a little knock on the door from Cousin Greg. He wants to hit us with a, a parlay. I think he's got three different ones, so let's check in with him. Kyle Bush over Danny Hamlin, Harvick over Lugano, and Blaney over Byron. If I had to give the Cousin Greg luck of the week, it would be Kevin Harvick over Joey Lugano. All right, so that's Cousin Greg checking in there with three different matchups in what we'll call the Cousin Greg J parlay, and he actually touched on two of those matchups that I'm going to talk about in a little bit more detail, so that'll be good, but uh, we kind of disagree on on one of them. But uh, just to break that down again, so he went with Bush over Denny Hamlin, which is one that I'll be talking about in a second, Kevin Harvick over Joey Logano, which is his cousin Greg Lock of the week, and we'll come back to that one as well. The the one that I didn't uh, pick out for myself, was an interesting one. Ryan Blaney over William Byron. And um, that I find interesting because I'm actually going to pick on William Byron as well. Byron doesn't do well here. And uh, Blaney, not necessarily, you know, knocking down the doors either. But I, I think um, I'm comfortable with that. So uh, yeah, get yourself into uh, a Cousin Greg J Parlay there. You might cash in on some uh, some real money. So Let's start with uh, my disagreement in his parlay, because I had marked down on my sheet here, I like Denny Hamlin over Kyle Busch. The the thing that stands out to me here is the fact that Hamlin's going off at plus 100. He's an underdog, a big-time underdog at that. It's really rare to see someone going off at plus 100 in these matchups that they put out there on the books. Bush is a huge favorite, minus 134. Now, I already highlighted Hamlin and all of his success here, so I'm not going to go over that again. Bush is a favorite at the moment, like I mentioned, plus 550 to win the race, and he also has solid stats here. Okay, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I mean, he's a favorite for a reason and he's a favorite in this matchup for a reason, but I think if you're looking at it harder than the the normal person might, you'll see an opportunity to make some money because Hamlin is seven and three versus Bush in the last 10 races here. So you have that going for you. Now, I, you know, have to be honest and call out some, some facts. I'm not going to skew them, you know, like most media does nowadays to to try to fit my narrative. Bush is two and oh in the last two races here. But overall, I think what we're looking for is consistency and Hamlin is the model for consistency at this racetrack. So I'm going to take the value, the plus 100 and go with Hamlin on this one. But, you know, hey, I still might throw in that uh, cousin Greg parlay as well. Who knows? Let's talk about his lock of the week because I had that to talk about as well. And that was Kevin Harvick versus Joey Logano Again, We talked about Kevin Harvick's success and how awesome he is here, especially lately. Uh, Last seven races, top 10 finishes for Harvick, unbelievable. The thing that's weird with this matchup is the fact that Kevin Harvick and Joe Logano are both going off at minus 115. So it's basically saying that these two guys are even. The reason why I think that's happening at this point in time, again, odds could change, But the reason I think that's happening right now is because these two guys are our points leaders. It's Harvick and then Logano minus one point. Everybody else is about 20 points back. So I think they just looked at the two guys up top and and threw them up against each other going off evenly. When you dive deeper, it's not an even matchup. Greg is right. This is a good lock of the week. Now, Logano, just throwing some quick stats out there from him. In his last 10 races, three top fives, four top tens. But his average finish is 17.2 in the last 10 races here. So Logano, not nearly as strong of the stats as Kevin Harvick, you know, you see on his side. So the odds don't make sense for this one uh, in my eyes. And then if you look at the last 10 races head to head with these two, Harvick, just like Hamlin uh, in the matchup before this, Harvick has that 7 3 lead in the last 10 matchups, which. It could have easily been 10-0, um, but Logano had some sneaky, you know, his his only real good finishes happened to come. Like, he just slipped in under the wire a couple times ahead of Harvick. So, it uh, easily could have been a, a shutout, 10 nothing. But my pick, as well as Cousin Greg's, is Kevin Harvick in this matchup. I don't think Logano can, can hold a candle to him at Darlington, but we'll see. Um, I would actually like a bet where I could take uh, Harvick over Logano in both races in this Darlington double, that would be uh, an interesting bet. So you kind of do a little parlay with just this matchup. I need to go 2-0, but, um, I would do it because that's how confident I am in this matchup. Moving on to the third matchup that I wanted to highlight, and that's going to be two guys that I barely touched on. And now we'll go in a little bit more detail. The Matt Kenseth comeback story versus William Byron. So right now, Byron is the favorite here, which I think you could make that case. There is a case to be made there. He's minus 125 to Matt Kenseth minus 106. So not a huge deal. You're not getting a crazy value like you were with Hamlin. But it makes sense because Kenseth is cold. You know, it's like the Mighty Ducks too. You're pulling in a cold goaltender to face Gunnar Stahl. Uh, This is Kenseth who is a past champion. I mean, this is like, you know, not anything crazy to take Kenseth in this scenario. William Byron, I mentioned how he's just not good here. His average finish is 28th. He has never, in two races, very small sample size, call that out first, but two races, he has not finished on the lead lap. So he has not figured out Darlington yet. Meanwhile, on the flip side, Kenseth has been here. It's the complete opposite ends of the spectrum. He's been here 25 times. He's got a win, three top fives and 12 top tens in that 25 start span. So just about 50% of the time he's finishing in the top 10. It makes sense to me. His average finish, by the way, is 15.8. So 13 average spots ahead of William Byron. Now, again, two races is not a huge sample size, but the stats are what they are, and I'm going to go with Matt Kenseth in this matchup. I think it makes sense. I mean, he it makes sense to have this storyline play out. You know, Kenseth jumping into the 42 car. Another thing to note that I like about this pick is Kyle Larson, when you're going through all the stats, you're pouring through all of that stuff to prepare for this race, Kyle Larson's name is on a lot of the charts. I mean, he's up there with driver rating. He's up there with average finish at this racetrack. And a lot of that is Kyle. But I think you could give some credit, at least, to the 42 team over the last few years. And that's the team that Kenseth is jumping into. So it's not like he's just hopping into a, you know, a a ship box. This is a championship contending team to start the year. So I'm, I'm really riding with uh, the 42 right now Matt Kenseth. The last pick and the last matchup that I have is another storyline pick. And this is going to be Ryan Newman versus Tyler Reddick. Now Newman in this case is minus 120, taking on Reddick who is minus 112. So Newman would be the favorite in this matchup. It's tough to look at this one because Reddick is a rookie. He has not raced at Darlington. There's no stats on him. There's no book on him. But if you go back and take a look at some of his Xfinity races, the last three years, he was second in the Xfinity race last year, third the year before that, and then he had a 12th place finish. So decent stats in Xfinity the last three years. So we can't discredit him very quickly. The thing is, Newman is very solid here. Okay, one top five, six top tens in his last 10 races here. And the thing about it is, this is his first race back, as we talked about, to start the episode. And it would just talk about, you know, the Kenseth storyline. Well, this would be even bigger if he were to have a, a really good finish. And I think that nobody would admit this, but subconsciously, I think Newman is going to be getting a lot of you know, ease on the racetrack. People are gonna look in the rear view and see that six car and go, oh boy, you know, and they and they may let up the competition is definitely in their soul, but in the back of their minds where they don't want to admit that it's there, they're gonna take it a little easier on Ryan Newman just because of how he was the center of the racing world for that short period of time after Daytona. Everyone was concerned about him. I I think he's gonna get a little bit of leeway from the field. So I think for those reasons I'm gonna take Ryan Newman over Tyler Reddick here. I think it makes sense. I think the storyline factor makes sense. Uh, The psychological factor, like I was just calling out, I would actually venture to say that I would throw Ryan Newman into a top 10 finish. I mean, could you imagine first race back from that horrific accident, top 10, he's going off at plus 250 there. So mark me down for another top 10 pick plus 250 for Newman finishing the top 10. And he's going to kick the shit out of Tyler Reddick. So that's my fourth and final matchup for the head-to-head section. So just to recap, I'm taking Denny Hamlin, plus 100, over Kyle Busch. Matt Kenseth, minus 106, over William Byron. Ryan Newman, minus 120, over Tyler Reddick. And the also the Cousin Greg Lock of the Week, Kevin Harvick, minus 115, over Joey Logano. Get out there and lock those in, baby. Those are winners all right so this last segment of the podcast today we're going to throw something new out there to you and you know might just be because i've been cooped up for so long or we've been dying for racing to come back and now it's finally here i'm just too excited i can't contain myself but we're going to try something different and this stems from the fact that i was talking to somebody During this quarantine, about gambling on NASCAR. And I actually said, like, yeah, you know, I I kind of have a podcast about it and uh, kind of joke about it because it is definitely weird to bring up. And the response that I got was, betting on NASCAR. Isn't that just like throwing a a dart at a dartboard? And I said, well, no, not really, because I, I try to look stuff up and learn stuff. But you know what? That doesn't sound half bad. And so I was thinking about it and wanted to see how we would do if we started just throwing something at a dartboard and seeing how it worked out for us so i'm going to um, go mobile here in just a second throw a dart at a dartboard and whatever the number that it lands on or the closest number to a driver We'll uh, we'll go back to the drawing board and see how we could place those bets. Probably money. we'll just do a money line pick regardless, and we'll kind of see how this progresses over the next few weeks. Is it something that makes sense to bet on, something to avoid? Maybe we throw more than one dart down the road. But to start today, we're just going to get our feet wet, and we are going to throw one dart at the board and see what happens. You serious, Clark? Okay, we are at the dartboard right now. got the computer audio recording right now, so it's a little bit different. But we are here for the first ever bullseye bet. And we've just got the blindfold now. I'm a pretty good dart player. Most people that know me know I'm you know, playing a league, won a championship, no big deal. But i uh, got one dart. And uh, I'm going to throw this here. So you might be able to hear it hit the board, but here we go. Who were we betting on this week? Let's find out with our first ever bullseye bet. And all right, taking the blindfold off here, and I'm gonna bring you with me. Let's take a look. And this looks like it is, it's lower part of the dartboard. It's a 17, Chris Busher. How funny is that? We talked about him in the top 10. So the dartboard bullseye bet, Let's go back to the the table and we'll finish this segment. Okay, so we're back in our normal setup here to to dissect that bullseye bet. And I I mean, I think that's confirmation, right? I mean, Busher, we had him at plus 200 to finish in the top 10, but I think I might have to take him to win the race because right now he's going off at plus 8,000. Could you imagine if we had a bullseye bet telling us Chris Busher in some way and uh, we didn't bet on him to win the race? So I might have to throw a little something on him to win. But um, yeah, the, the whole concept here, we want to try to see what the bullseye is telling us. And uh, in this case, he's steering us towards Chris Busher. I don't know if it's uh, to avoid him or take him, but to start out the first few weeks, we're going to assume that it's t- trying to tell us, take this guy. So this week, it's confirmation in my mind. I mean, that's who we're sort of targeting already in a, one way. So Chris Busher, let's do it, baby. 17 car we're all over it all right well that's going to do it for another edition of full tank with phil it feels so good to be back go out there take what we're talking about today put it to good use we got two races back to back the darlington double It'll be like drinking from a firing hose go out there win some money and prepare yourself for the rest of the season Hit us up on Instagram, full tank fill is our new handle. We'll see you over there. And remember, drive fast and take chances. We'll see you next time. (laughs) <laughs> Have no place to go. <laughs> Goodbye.